The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, Dennis Lee, and Veronica Jaguer. Presenting Season 7, Run Silent, Run Deep. Descent, Part 5, written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, and Dennis Lee. FBI, CIA, Interpol, you name it. Hell, even Red Savior has a file on him as thick as your thumb. They have all got little task forces trying to nail Verd to the wall and have been for years. He always gets out of it, Bull. Present evidence, and either the judges he bought turn him loose or his lawyers throw enough doubt on it that he gets off. You're telling me that full recorded testimony and corroborating evidence by Tesla's actual murderer won't be sufficient? Bulwark said, his tone incredulous. He huffed as he continued to run. Yes, I am. You keep forgetting my folks are the section heads for their FBI division, which means they need to think and plan past the arrest. Any good lawyer could present evidence claiming to show we edited it, made it up out of whole cloth, or otherwise tampered with it, and they have over and over again. That's how he keeps getting off. Somehow I don't see Harmony being the most cooperative of witnesses upon capture. Leaving a statement and jetting is one thing for her, but taking the stand is quite another. We know how good an actor she is, too. She'll say and do anything she wants, and she'll be convincing. If I had an entire squadron, it might be different, but the risk involved here for something so uncertain... It depends on what kind of deal she can get out. I expect it will be a good one. Deal, that is. You expect a deal? Really? She fingered Verdigree, but she took full credit for the act herself. How good a deal could she get? I've watched DAs and federal prosecutors deal with mafia assassins, hitmen of all sorts. I've watched them give full immunity and put them in the witness protection program when the stakes are high enough. Overwatch, is this really the time for a debate? You just overrode a direct order from their field commander. Yes, I did. They've been operating on their own for months and doing damn well at it. And now they've cut communications, and Bruno is off to attempt capture of a seasoned killer. You just sent him off to die. When are you going to let them grow up? When are you going to stop trying to protect them and let them do the job you've been training them to do? When will you allow them to make the same level of sacrifice you ask of yourself? Isn't that what our job always comes down to in the end? Being willing to sacrifice whatever it takes? This isn't just some job! He roared, now breathing hard. He came to a stop, panting. I send soldiers off on missions. I give orders that can be met and executed. I just don't think... He paused. You don't think he can beat her, do you? No, Bull said finally, and began to run again. I don't. Bruno raced down the tunnel, keeping his footsteps light, straining to see or hear anything ahead of him. He should have been terrified. His heart should have been beating hard enough to erupt out of his chest. It was, actually, but not from fright. He was reliving the kiss again and again, and he could hardly believe that it had happened. I did it. I kissed her. I can't believe I kissed her, and she kissed back. She did. I know she did. I felt it. As he rounded the corner, a thunder of gunshots brought him crashing back to the present. All right, Harmony. He dove under the shots, rolled, and came up shooting. He heard Harmony curse and duck back under cover. Bruno took shelter behind an inset doorway, gulped down a breath of courage, and returned fire. Bruno! 
Harmony yelled as she fired a few more rounds at him. What? Acrobat yelled back as he squeezed off a few more shots of his own. This is stupid. Of course it is, Bruno shouted. If you stop and think about it, the last few months have been a complete waste of time. We should be working together. Kriegers, remember? I mean this, Harmony said. Right here, right now, you and me. You know you can't take me, so why are you even trying? You were in the Black Snake Barracks, so you must have heard all about me. You know everything they told you? It's true. Yes, I'm the one Black Snake would send in to take out Op 3s. I'm the one who got the entire Corydona clan. I'm the one that took out the head Yakuza of the Blood Tigers and his bodyguards. Oh, yeah, Bruno agreed. We heard all about you. Talisman, the lady who can suck you dry with a touch. Talisman, she'll always see you coming, but you'll never see her, not before she's got you pinned to the ground. You know what no one said about you? Your staying power. You've got none, Harmony. You're spent from running. You've left a trail of blood ever since Scope dumped a load of lead into your legs. And now, I'm guessing, you're not as nearly as fast as you usually are. I'm guessing you're pretty hungry right now. But if you want to eat me, guess what? I'm going to have to fight you, Harmony said. You're covered up. You both did your homework. They had been trading volleys of gunfire, each ducking behind their respective corners as the other opened up. This time they both leapt out, each rushing the other, their firearms raised. Triggers were squeezed, but nothing happened. Their ammo was spent, and neither of them had magazines left to reload with. Been a while since we sparred, Harmony said, and smirked at him. In a way, I'm happy about this. Do you have any idea how much it sucked, having to always throw fights to you? I'll bet, Bruno said, and dropped his pistol. Care to make a wager on this one? I don't do sure bets, Harmony replied, also dropping her gun. There's no sport in it. That satisfy the pre-fight banter portion? Bruno asked. Meh, it'll do, Harm said, and launched herself at him. Bruno rolled under her kick, but Harmony's follow-up backhand smashed him to the ground. She might have lost a lot of speed, but she was still fast enough and strong. He flipped over, threw his arms up to block a heavy drop kick, and was rewarded with a howl of pain. Harmony fell back a few steps, and he used her brief retreat to flip up to his feet. She wasn't used to being so drained or wounded. Why else would she have made such an amateur mistake? He looked down at her legs. Bits of torn flesh were poking out of her leggings. She had willed them to heal, just enough to stop the bleeding, but she wouldn't be trying another kick any time soon. They circled each other, and Bruno caught a flicker of fear in her face. At least he hoped so. She's cunning. She's got great acting chops. Don't underestimate her. He darted in and threw a few tentative jabs. She slapped his hands away contemptuously, but missed the feint as he dropped down and went for the sweep. Harmony cried out as his feet buckled her legs just behind the knees. She toppled over and received a solid boot to the temple before he dove away. She was on her feet in an instant, though she seemed a bit unsteady. She's weak in the legs. She's weak in the legs. Oh, she's cunning. She's cunning. He tried again, leading with soft strikes to her head and chest, which she easily deflected and dodged, and dropped down to drive an elbow at her kneecap. Harmony screamed as he rammed the side of her leg, and he heard something snap. She drove down with both fists and slammed him to the ground. He pushed himself up, grunted as she sent him flying back with an enormous uppercut and went limp as he collided with the tunnel wall. He fell to his knees, massaging the back of his head. 
He felt a little dizzy and suppressed the urge to vomit. All right, you stupid boy. You want to play? She hissed at him, and Bruno watched as her features began to distort. Claws erupted from her hands, fangs extended from a mouth that seemed to unhinge. Her skin, which had always seemed to gleam with eternal youth, grew dry and scaly. And her eyes! They seemed to sink back into her head, her pupils dilating until only luminous black beads stared back at him in anger. She drew in a long, raspy breath and exhaled. Slowly, the wounds on her legs began to mend, and with an awful crack her kneecap righted itself. When she finally spoke, it wasn't her usual voice, high-pitched and sublime. It was something dark, sinister, and bestial. It was hungry. Let's play, she growled, and leapt towards him. Bruno launched himself straight up, snagged an exposed ceiling rung, and pulled himself up. Caught in the charge, Harmony flew beneath him and braced herself for impact with the wall. She recoiled, spinning mid-leap and attempted to propel herself up to claw the dexterous man down from his perch when her face met with Bruno's feet as he swung down. She flew back, but not before lashing out in a wide arc with her claws, catching him low on the leg and tearing up a sizable portion of his calf muscle. Bruno grunted in pain and landed a bit clumsily on his feet. Just need to keep her occupied, keep her from rabbiting until help arrives. Come on, bull, what's keeping you? They circled each other warily, both hobbling a little and favoring their good legs. Give it up, Bruno, Harmony rasped. Just walk away. What do you hope to accomplish here? I gave verdigris to you. There's nothing left for you here except whatever pitiful price your tired sense of justice and honor demands of you. You know, Harmony, Bruno said, you're talking an awful lot for someone who thinks this fight is so one-sided. I think you're stalling. Harmony grinned, and the sight of her lips curled around those horrific fangs chilled Bruno more than he cared to admit. Of course I am, you idiot, she chuckled. Did you really think your locker room chats with black snake minions would make you privy to all my secrets? You think you know so much about me, but you've barely scratched the surface. And with each second while you bleed and tire, I'm just getting stronger. You're bluffing, he said. You still need a boost. Even you're not that good an actor. Not that good an actor, she said incredulously. I had you all fooled for years, boy. You have no appreciation for what I endured, just to live amongst you, like some common... So your method, I get that. You're the Marlon Brando of the meta world. Kudos. You think it matters now, Harm? All that work, all the lies, and for what? What did you accomplish here? What are you accomplishing now? Well, right now I'm educating one sad little kid who thinks he's developed a lot more than he has. You know what I think, Bruno said, coming to a stop. I think you're struggling with yourself. I think you actually made friends here, found people you care about. I think that's why you didn't just take Bull out when you had the chance. I think that's why you hesitated with Scope. I think that's why I'm still standing. You're fighting yourself. You just can't bring yourself to do it. It's not too late, Harmony. You've already set Verdigree up, but good. They'll listen to you if you carry it through. They'll give you a fair shake if you come back and hammer that final nail in his coffin. 
he extended a hand and his eyes bore into hers. Come back to us, Harmony. She had stopped moving and heard him out. Her face was so reptilian now he found it difficult to gauge what she was thinking. She looked down at his hand, and for a moment he thought she would reach for it. Bruno! Bull's shout rang out far behind them, and they heard thunderous footsteps in the distance. Harmony hissed. You little two-faced shit, you were stalling too! Bruno grinned and shrugged. What can I say? Fast learner. With a roar she turned to run, but stopped as he pulled in front of her. It's over, Harmony, he said quietly. This ends today. He danced lightly on the balls of his feet, moving from side to side, but his intentions were clear. If she was going to escape, she would have to get through him. I say when it ends, she snarled and lunged at him. She swung wildly, in desperation, hoping to break through his defenses with sweeping rakes and quick shots to the head and stomach. Bruno stayed on the defensive, dodging what blows he could, deflecting those he could not. He neutralized her sudden and reckless desire to flee with cold and detached blocking maneuvers, neatly diverting her fury and forcing her to repeat with rapid counterstrikes and feints. The footsteps were close now. Too close, Harmony thought. She took a step back, and with a final desperate lunge, she tackled Bruno to the ground. They fell, rolled together, and with a tremendous effort, Harmony reared back and smashed his head with her own. Bruno gurgled and went limp. With a cry of victory, Harmony laid her hand upon his masked face to pry off his goggles. She hissed as they stuck fast. The little shit had sealed his gear together. From his goggles to his fitted gas filter, Bruno had left nothing exposed, and Bulwark was almost on her. She took a breath and reared back with one clawed hand. With a final desperate surge of strength, she plunged her hand into Bruno's chest, tearing through his body armor. Her claws slipped between his ribs, and she felt the tips puncture his heart. She sighed in relief and began to gorge herself on his life force, siphoning his strength greedily. She felt her wounds heal, the pain subside, and as she came to her feet, ready to sprint away at full speed, her legs were ravaged with a storm of bullets. Her eyes went wide in disbelief. Her legs, which had just finished healing, buckled again as fresh wounds erupted in gouts of blood. She sank to her knees and stared as Scope hobbled closer, her guns still at the ready. "'Give me a reason, Harmony,' Scope muttered and pressed both muzzles to Harmony's temple. Harmony didn't answer, and simply closed her eyes. Scope looked down. Through his thick goggles, Bruno stared back at her. He lay in a growing pool of blood which seeped from his chest. His breathing, shallow and sporadic, slowed and came to a halt. Scope let out a startled sob, and with a scream of loss she squeezed both triggers. Harmony's head snapped back, her body went limp and collapsed on top of Bruno. "'Scope!' Bull shouted as he ran up to them. "'We needed her alive! Why did you do that?' Scope glared at him. She knelt down, dropped her pistols, and gently pushed Harmony off of Bruno. She laid a hand on his neck, found the hidden clasp, and pulled off his entire mask. Softly, she pushed his hair back from his forehead and closed his eyes. She gave me a reason, Scope answered. She shook her head. Besides, 
Do you really think a couple of bullets to the head would kill her? Bull tore his eyes away from Bruno and watched as Harmony continued to breathe. Her wounds had stopped bleeding, too. From her legs and forehead, Scope's bullets were slowly pushed out by healing bone and tissue and fell with a clatter to the ground. He knelt down, fished the reinforced restraints from his belt, and locked them about her wrists and ankles. Over the radio, there came only a single strangled sob. Then Vicky's voice, hoarse and choked. Overwatch to Echo. Man down. Harmony captured. Dispatch security team to grid 481 with containment suit and full metahuman restraints. Scope leaned down and held Bruno's still body close to hers. Hey, Bruno, she whispered. We did it, geek boy. We got the bad guy. Her head sagged and her body shook with silent sobs as her arms tightened around him. When the security and med teams arrived, she didn't notice, not until Bull gently pried her away. Tears spilled down Vicky's face. Her vision blurred and she dashed the back of her hand across her burning eyes to clear them, and kept on typing. Her fault. Bruno was dead and it was all her fault. Bull was right. She had sent him to die and she had known he was right at the time and she had done it anyway, because the stakes were too high, and she had known that too but that didn't keep it from being her fault. Bulwark thought like a soldier and a cop. He assumed that once you had the evidence, everything would be fine. But Vicky thought like the sort of FBI agent her parents were, and she knew that evidence was never enough when it came to someone as slippery as Dominic Verdigree. There was no substitute for the credible witness in the stand, and no one would be more credible than Harmony— because given the right deal, she'd employ her acting ability to the utmost, and no defense attorney would be able to shake her. That was why she had sent Bruno after the rogue assassin. And that was why she would never forgive herself for doing so. She ignored the tears, because it was the mission that was important, not her, and her part of the mission wasn't over yet. There was still something more she could do. Verd was smart, experienced, savvy, but if she could manage to rattle him— Gray, grow some hands, she said hoarsely. You're a better video editor than I am, and I'm going to need both of us on the boards. The familiar sprang up beside her without a word. His paws elongated into raccoon-like hands, and he went to work on the video from the feeds and Harmony's files. Meanwhile, Vicky pulled up the hack file to everything that called itself the media that she had kept in reserve for just this sort of occasion. When she was done with her data dump, there would not be a single legitimate place for Dominic Verdigree to hide. And maybe, just maybe, he'd rabbit. Then it would be all over for him. Running would be a tacit admission of guilt. She was under no illusions that more than a tenth of his operation would be shut down, of course. He operated inside so many shell companies that he wouldn't lose more than a fraction of his net worth. But governments would drop their open associations with him like red-hot rocks. His legitimate businesses would be sanctioned or shut down. Accounts would be frozen. Assets seized. He'd have no one that would openly aid him. And from now on, he'd have to operate from within the shadows, within his criminal organizations only. And Echo would be safe. It wasn't enough. It wasn't nearly enough. But at least it was something. You bought us that much, Bruno. Your friends will be safe again. 
Dominic Verdigree had the jarring experience of hearing his own voice coming from the ranks of speakers around the plaza, speaking words entirely different from those he was mouthing into the microphone. Shocked, he whirled to stare at the jumbotron, at video of himself, in his office, a bit fuzzy taken from what must have been a button cam, but unmistakably, him. So, Miss... Crate? The dom up there raised an eyebrow. Helena Crate. Hmm, a serpent name for a blacksnake agent. Why do I get the impression that this isn't your real name? An off-camera voice replied with indifference. I hardly think it matters what nom de guerre I use, as long as I get the job done. You have most assuredly, Miss Crate, he heard himself saying and watched himself leaning forward. Very nice intel from the heart of Echo itself. But as I am the new boss, and I want more than that. You were Black Snake's prime assassin for quite some time as a agent talisman. I'm reactivating you. And I presume you have a target? Indeed I do, said the dom in the video, leaning back in his chair. I want you to take out Alex Tesla. Dominic felt his mind freeze for a moment. Then he whirled and turned on Kanjar. Get that off of there! Cancel that feed! Stop it! Kanjar had one hand to her ear. Can't. Whoever is doing this is better than anyone you have, Dom. The female voice from the feed was saying something else now. This is Special Operative Talisman of Blacksnake, formerly known as Echo Op Trainee Harmony. On this, the first-year anniversary of this global invasion, Dominic Verdigree III attempted to assassinate a Marta train full of Echo veterans and their Echo Op escorts by way of a bombing. She was spilling it. She was spilling it all, and she was supposed to be dead. Why wasn't she dead? Video of fighting on the Marta train, in the station, was being played as her damning words thundered across the plaza. Kanjar's hand was at the small of his back, and she was shoving him towards the emergency exit, gesturing to the rest of his special security to follow. Dom, I don't know who this is, but he's a genius. All of this is going directly to every possible news organization, political blog, and interested party across the planet, and there is nothing we can do about it, she hissed urgently, as they sprinted for the innocuous vehicles that they had held in reserve in case they needed them. His mind steadied. There had always been the possibility that one day he'd be outed. He hadn't planned on it being of the sheer disastrous scope of this, but he'd set up for it. After all, he'd been a criminal before he went legit, and he wouldn't lose more than a fraction of his assets now if he had to shed the legitimate side of his businesses. Hell with it. Being the billionaire playboy was a waste of time anyway. Activate the poison pill plan, he snarled to Kanjar as she shoved him into the back seat of the getaway car. She nodded, and he began issuing radio orders. All Blacksnake. Pull back, pull out, retreat to safe houses. Operation Cyanide is now activated. Repeat. Overwatch to all. Blacksnake is retreating. Bird is rabbiting. Repeat, Blacksnake retreating. Bird is escaping. Well, that is being explained by offense changes to defense, Red Savior muttered to herself, as she watched the Blacksnake ops that had been pinning her down with a hail of fire suddenly begin withdrawing. All CCCP! At them, my wolves! Capture is secondary! From somewhere down the wrecked shopping complex, she heard Untermensch scream his signature battle cry. 
and from elsewhere she heard over the link the plaintive cry of Soviet bear. Retreating? What am I to be doing with all this sea for? Bella glanced at Soviet, who nodded abruptly. There will not be any prisoners, comrade, unless you take them, the Russian said. We can handle healings from here on. Bella did not hesitate. Overwatch, is there any chance I can get Verd? Not from where you are. I've already lost him. Bastard had a fleet of identical vehicles in an underground garage, killed all the cams in there, and ditched his echo gear so I couldn't tell which one he got into. I'm tracking them, but I bet they all get to something I can't track in the next five to fifteen. By the time I get a magical lock on him, if I can, he'll be someplace where I can't get at him. Nearest team to you is Corby, down one level and on the tracks. Roger that. I'm going to try and nail some alive. Either that, or you might catch up with the security team. I'd feel better if you'd lock down Harmony. I don't think she has side defense. I'd feel better if you locked down Harmony. I don't think she has side defense. Bella hesitated. Of the two, Harmony was the more important. Roger that. Give me the rendezvous point. If she had anything to say about it, Harmony was never again going to be able to move without throwing up her toenails. Messing up someone's inner ear was trivial for Bella now. We may need you alive, bitch, but I don't have to make it pleasant for you. John Murdoch leaned back against a wall and stared, exhausted at his comrades. Red Savior was grinning like a sated tiger. Soviet Bear was whooping it up. Mamona was jumping up and down, and where she'd found the energy, J.M. had no idea. Overwatch had just passed the word. Those of Black Snake that were left were neutralized. Harmony was a prisoner. Verdigree had disappeared, and already the FBI and Interpol had him on the most wanted list, with the Federal and State's Attorneys General cascading a series of warrants into the system as fast as they could be written up. Yankee Pride had declared himself operational CEO of Echo, with not a single dissenting voice. They had won. They had won. Vicky felt the tide of guilt roll over her. Bruno was dead, and it was her fault. And yes, so were Ryder, and Frank, and far too many others. But Ryder and Frank had both known what they were doing and what the cost was going to be. Bruno. Bruno she had sent to his death. Sobs fought themselves up out of her throat, and she grabbed a wad of Kleenex. There was no explanation for this. Bulwark had been right, and he and Scope would probably hate her until the day they died. Nor could she blame them. She hated herself. She hadn't thought it possible to loathe herself more than she had, but it seemed there were no limits to how much she could hate herself. She heard a knock at her door. Whoever it was, damn it, it couldn't be Bella, she knew where Bella was, which meant whoever it was, it was someone she didn't want to see. She thumbed the intercom and brought up the camera. Bulwark. Go away, she said hoarsely. Busy. Let me in, Victrix, Bull said quietly. We should talk. We both know what you're going to say. Save time and file the after-action report stating that the loss of operative acrobat was my fault. The words came out, harsh, stark, and ringing with truth. I already have, so that will just confirm it. Now go away! You're no good at blowing smoke up anyone's ass anyway. 
You're right, he answered. I tend to be straight with people, don't I? So let me in. We should talk. She thought about it and blew her nose. If I don't let you in, you're just going to stand there all night, aren't you? Stranger things have happened. Nazrout. Wearily, she dragged herself out of her chair, slumped to the door, and threw the locks. Might as well get this over with. This was going to be one of the nights she either sat awake until she passed out, or took pills until she passed out. Because, of course, she had Jeannie's Gias... Because, of course, she had Jeannie's Gaius on her, and until this was over, or she was dead, there was no other alternative but to keep on with the job. She opened the door and stepped back. It had been a while since she had seen Bull in person. Intimidated by his sheer size, she shrank into herself, hunching over. So, talk, then go away, she said, turning away from him. She dabbed at her eyes. She must have looked a mess. Something else occurred to her. Yes, I can take the Overwatch stuff out of you, and anyone else you want me to take it out of. Is that why you're here? If there's no more Overwatch, does that mean I'm off the hook to Jeannie? No, CCCP is never going to give it up. Savior would eviscerate me if I took it away. Bull stared at her for a moment, stepped inside, and closed the door behind him. He scanned her apartment. It was surprisingly neat, but it had the curiously neglected air of a room that hadn't been lived in much for a while. The flat-screen TV, inset into the wall-to-wall -wall bookshelves, had dust on it. So did the coffee table. There were no impressions in the chairs or the couch. It didn't look as if anyone had touched the DVDs or books on the shelves in a long time. The only thing that didn't have a thin film of dust on them were the CDs, the controls of the audio system, and a couple of books and a shelf full of romance novels. The Overwatch tech in his eye obligingly zoomed in on them. The author was Victoria Nash. So what would you do then, if you gave up Overwatch? He asked. Leave Echo. Go back to romance writing. She snorted. What makes you think I'd give up Overwatch? Bella will still want it, so will Echo Med, and probably Pride, and definitely all of CCCP. I'm on the hook until I die in the chair, she added bitterly. And I'll probably get lots more people killed, and it won't matter even if I am a hundred percent right in what I tell them, because it will still have been my words and my decision that got them killed. Happy now? You don't have to punish me. I'm doing a fine job by myself. Happy, he said. Is that what you think of me, really? That I'm here to twist the knife? No, Victrix. You asked me if I wanted you to shut down Overwatch, so I'm asking what the point of that would be. I'm asking if that's what you want. What I want is irrelevant. I made a... commitment. She sat down abruptly on the nearest chair. It's not the sort of commitment I can just ditch. I learned an important lesson not too long ago. What you want is the most relevant thing in your life. And for some, it would seem in the entire universe. Bull held up a hand. Don't ask. The reason I'm here is to see how you are. That's all. 
So before you continue with your tirade on how I'm supposed to report you, to blame you, to demand you shut down Overwatch on my teams, can we start again? Victrix, how are you? She felt her eyes burning. I'm so damn sorry. And sorrier that even if I'd known what was going to happen, I wouldn't change the decision. Just some details. Because she could actually think of some things she could have done, maybe. Magic stuff. Maybe pen harm in with Earthworks or shield Bruno. No matter what, it's on me. Because I'm the one that's got all the info at my fingertips. Bull considered that, and continued to stroll about her living room, pausing to look at the various pictures she had displayed on her wall. He stopped at one in particular. You and your parents, he asked, pointing to one faded black-and-white portrait. The feds. Alexander and Moira Naj, Division 26, FBI Metahuman, a.k.a. Spook Squad. She paused. That was right after I... Oh, hell, why not? You've seen weirder shit. Someone decided to make me daddy's little hostage. I pinned his hand to the table with a silver fork and barricaded myself in the bathroom until they got home. They took me out for steak and ice cream and a picture. He bent over to get a closer look. They look quite proud of you. That is a fetching dress, after all. Vicky chuckled. I was six. <laughs> Precocious little brat, doing rudimentary magic at four. I suppose you always knew what it was you wanted to do, what you were good at, what you were meant for. There was never a question. She let out her breath in a long, long sigh. If you've ever talked to any other sort of child prodigy, they'll tell you the same thing. I can't not do it. Bull considered that, too. You got to know Bruno a little, before he and Scope went AWOL, didn't you? Tears came again. I never knew anyone to want it as badly as I did before. I mean, all of it. The responsibility as well as the fun part. Even if he was a lot like a puppy that kept piddling on things and chewing the shoes sometimes. You could see the heart of a mastiff in there, and you had to forgive him for the wee, and... Well, you know. Bull nodded. His greatest fear was that he wasn't up to the job, that he wasn't good enough. He was terrified that, in the end, he didn't matter. Bull shook his head. You made the right call to Dave Victrix. It's the mission that's important. Acrobat was the only one who could have delayed Harmony. If he hadn't intercepted her... She'd have been long gone. And it doesn't help. She reached blindly for tissues. And I'm still sorry. Of course you are, he said. That's who you are. You presume to take full responsibility for things that aren't yours to take. You did what needed to be done today. And in case you didn't notice... Your efforts also saved hundreds, if not thousands, of lives. We can all claim some of the blame here if you think about it. What I need you to remember is the mission. In case you haven't noticed, you're a vital part of it. 
We all have sacrifices to make here, and when the time comes that I make mine, I want you to promise to honor me, to remember me, but after the job is done. And don't you dare blame yourself or anyone else for it. You did your job today, Victrix, and you did a fine job. She closed her eyes and stiffened her spine. You're right, Operative Bulwark. The mission is what's important. The mission is all that is important. She opened her eyes again. I think you might know a lot more than you're letting on. I do know you've seen the Ides of March. We both know what the consequences of failure are. She hoped he had forgiven her, at least a little. She thought he had. Unexpectedly, it helped. We do, Bull replied. I think we have an understanding, then. I'll let myself out. He crossed to the door, and as he opened it, Vicky got up. Wordlessly, she let him out and closed the door behind him. He walked away at a brisk pace, and as he turned the corner to the stairs, he allowed a brief flash of anger to register on his face. That was your call, Victrix, but it would never have been mine, he muttered. He took a breath and swallowed the pain. She could never know. It was the mission that mattered. You have been listening to Season 7 of the Secret World Chronicle podcast novel series. The Secret World Chronicle podcast is narrated and produced by Veronica Jaguer. Music is Exciting Trailer by Kevin McLeod, available at Incompetech.com. The Secret World Chronicle is published by the amazing people at Bayon Books. Follow the series at www.secretworldchronicle.com. Join us on Facebook and check out the authors on Twitter. And as always, thank you for listening.